Hello everyone, welcome to the second season of the Solution for Cities podcast brought to you by the Solar Impulse Foundation. I'm your host, Alessandro Gaia. It's a podcast that dives into how cities are doing their green transition, the obstacles they face, and how public authorities, private entities, and the common citizen can work together to overcome them. We record a very special episode for you today, first of all because we, it's a region and not a city, uh, but also and mainly because it's a crossover episode with Babel and the Smart in the City podcast with its host, Tamlin. Hi, Tamlin. How are you? Hi, Alessandra. Well, uh, thanks so much for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. I think I think we had a very nice conversation today with the Southern Regions Assembly of uh, of Ireland, um, and I'm really looking forward to the comments that we'll receive from our listeners. Uh, so let's dive into it. Yeah, let's do that. Hello, everyone. So today we're with David Kelly, who's the director of the Southern Regional Assembly in the Republic of Ireland. Um, my first question, David, would be, how are you, obviously? And my follow-up question would be, can you describe what the Assembly does and what it covers uh, from a geographical point of view? Sure, yeah. Look, hi to everyone. Uh, delighted to be here. Um, yeah, the Southern Regional Assembly is one of three regional assemblies in Ireland. Um, we were established back in 2014 under the reform of the Local Government Act, which kind of restructured the local and regional structures in, in Ireland. Um, we have, a, I suppose, a pivotal role to play in two key areas. One is around regional, spatial and economic planning, which effectively translates our national planning framework to the regional level. Um, and then it, it facilitates and allows for our local authorities then to align their county and local development strategies with that. We also have an important role to play in the management of EU-funded programmes. So we, we're a managing authority for a regional programme which is funded through the, the European Regional Development Fund. We've been a managing authority now for almost 20 years, um, so we've quite a lot of a, a experience in that, probably building up our capacity on the, the regional spatial economic planning side of things. Our, our region is, um, as I said, it's one of three regions in Ireland. Um, it has a population of about 1.5, 1.6 million people. Um, it covers, the, I suppose, the southern third of the country, or about 40% of the, the land mass of, of the country. Um, we have three of the, um, of the, I suppose, five cities um of Ireland are, are based in, in our region. So Cork, Limerick and, and Waterford. But other than that, it's probably predominantly quite a rural region. Um, you know, agriculture is quite strong. Uh, Agri-tech industry, industry is quite strong. But it has a broad um, industrial base, um, I would say, o overall. Um, it, it's interesting as well that um, our we've quite strong ports and harbours as well in that we've quite a number of tier one, tier two, tier two ports in, in the region. So uh, economically and dynamically, it, it, it's quite quite a, 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 a strong region, but still very much, I suppose, competing with our capital region in, 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 in Dublin. Just maybe, just maybe touch on, on the governance piece, uh, I think it's quite interesting in, for our region as well and, and the regions in Ireland in comparison to maybe regions a a across Europe in that the, the governance structure is, is probably less developed, less less evolved, if, if you like. We don't have um, a directly elected assembly in, in, in the regions in Ireland. Our uh, political dimension or our board are made up of um, 
locally elected politicians who are elected at, to the local level in the local authority and local government and then are nominated to the regional assembly. So we don't have a, a directly elected government of our region. So in a sense, our powers are probably slightly different to what, what you would um, experience across across the rest of Europe, um, which I suppose it impacts a little bit on kind of how we do our job and how we, how we um, implement our, our, our policies. Yeah, that's really interesting, David. Uh, and I'm really excited to also speak with you so much because um, Babel and SRA, Southern Regional Assembly, we have some history together. Um, but before we dive into some more questions, um, I have a little teaser to get us warmed up, um, as we like to do on the Babel podcast. Um, and, and that's if you were to pick any other region in the world besides the Southern Region in Ireland, where would you choose to work? Oh, God. Wow. That is an interesting. Question. I opened it up for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose you could look at it from a number of different perspectives. Um, mm -hmm. You know, professionally, you'd probably look at it in one way. Um, I think the the there are regions in Finland which I think are are very interesting in terms of how they how they set them up, set themselves up in terms of how they they operate yeah. in terms of the, the uh, I would say the democratic subsidiarity, if you like that that applies to them and the strength of the regions. Um, so I think from that perspective, from a professional perspective, absolutely. Um, maybe from a, a social or, or family perspective, um, I, I quite like Tuscany in Italy. Um, it's a place I really like, like, like the holiday. And again, you know, from, from a regional governance, you know, the Italian regions are, are quite strong as well. Um, so yeah, I suppose it really would depend on, on which perspective. Um, you're, you're asking me, asking me that question, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah really interesting. Um, so uh, as I mentioned already, we, we've done some work directly with SRA um, as Babel, and um, I know how motiva motivated you all are as terms as smart specialization. Um, and I was wondering if you can give um, some words on what your goals are with this whole whole smart specialization scheme and the strategy behind that yeah sure um look i, I think the work that that you guys in babel did for us was, was very interesting and, and very pivotal as well i would say um in ireland there's always been a very i suppose um national approach to our innovation and smart specialization policies down through the years and look there's there's a, you can understand the reason why there's an argument for it in a sense the population of Ireland is quite small it's you know Ireland could be considered a region you know in comparison to other regions uh, uh, across Europe that being said I suppose we still have very strong regional disparities across across Ireland um, and in fairness the European Commission has always highlighted this through the semester reports through its country specific recommendations and those disparities have probably been increasing over the last number of years rather rather than decreasing and look from our perspective in in, in the southern region assembly we've always seen smart specialization as an opportunity or a tool to try and address this so we've pushed quite yeah. strongly over a number of years that okay whilst we may not effectively um develop a regional smart specialization 
for, in its own right, we would like to see our national strategy at least taking on a reasonable approach to its smart, the national smart specialization strategy. So th- the work that, that, that Babel did for us was to, I suppose, begin that process and to really look at that in, in, in the context of how we could shape the national strategy take on a regional approach to really, I suppose, to recognize the, the regional differences, the regional specificities, and how we can utilize that then to um, to really try and address the innovation capacity and opportunities that are, are within the region. But I suppose for us, one of the key aspects was to start the conversation and then to see mm-hmm. how the funding will begin to follow the policy after after that. So for us, that, that has been a key aspect of, of the approach um, and I suppose the key ambition for us in, in driving that over, over the last period of time. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how the SRA develops over time. And I'll, I'll stop talking now and let Alessandro also ask some questions. Um, I know he has some uh, important ones to ask you too, so... No, I mean, I was really interested in what you 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 mentioned as uh, also in your uh, in your teaser question about you know other regions and you seem to know, for example, about the the, the Finnish regions and a lot of what you do, if I understand correctly, is, is connected to EU programs. You also mentioned the semester, you know, the analysis of a of a territory of all territories. But do you cooperate with other regions in Europe? I mean, I saw that in particular you're focusing on scaling up investments uh, to improve uh, energy efficiency. That's something that is obviously very much linked to what we do at the foundation. Um, is there anything there in terms of collaboration with our regions where you can maybe cite a few examples of where you've learned something um, from another uh, European region or that you're helping someone with something that you've put into place in, in Ireland? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, you're right. I mean, cooperating with other regions has been, a, I suppose, a core aspect of our work for quite a number of years. Um I suppose one thing that I've learned from, I suppose, working in this area is that nobody has a monopoly on what's the best thing to do, what's the best practice, what's the right thing to do. And there, there are always opportunities to learn from what other regions across across Europe are doing. Um, and it's something that we, we've engaged in quite strongly over, over the last, I would say, 10 or 12 years. Um, you know, sharing ideas, sharing best practice, engaging with, 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 with other regions, Um and, you know, you mentioned the energy efficiency, and that's just one of the areas that, that we have actually uh, gotten involved in directly with, with some other regions through Interreg Europe primarily. Um, we've, we've become a, we were a partner in a, a project called Empower, which was looking at the whole energy efficiency um, piece in residential properties, primarily large residential properties, apartment complexes, flat complexes, and so on. Um, so, I suppose under our National Climate Action Plan, um, we have some really ambitious targets to try and, and, and meet in terms of reducing our, our, our carbon footprint, our carbon outputs. And this, this is very much so in our, um, in our housing stock as well, to try and, and reduce that. So, through that Empower project, we looked at, um, I suppose, various... Um, different practices across a number of regions um, in, in, in Slovenia, in Germany, um, and other regions, I suppose, and how best to um, not only, I suppose, retrofit the buildings, but also how do you monitor the, um, I suppose, the, the benefits of that, 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 that efficiency in 
terms of ensuring that you're 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 doing the efficiency measures correctly, but also about the behavioural change piece. So ensuring that the occupants understand the benefits of it and then how they can change change their behaviour uh, to align with reducing the, the carbon emissions. So in a sense, it's very much kind of a smart approach, adopting a smart approach to, to achieving that. Um, it's also a key aspect of our new regional program as well, uh, in terms of uh, retrofitting um, private residential uh, units, um, which, which, which are probably poorly built stock, if you like, down through the years, um, and particularly for those that are at risk of fuel poverty. So again, it's picking up aspects of what we're learning from, from our partners across Europe and trying to implement that in, um, in, in, in our own work. Yeah, I actually have a follow up to that as well, because um, you mentioned one of the projects in power, I believe mm. um, you said, uh, do you have any other projects um, that you you want to highlight today and maybe some of the biggest lessons learned and different challenges associated with those? Sure. Yeah. No, look, I suppose there's quite a number of projects that we, we, we've been involved in. I would say, look, all have been very, very successful in, 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 in their own right. Um and we've gotten involved in projects across a whole range of, of policy areas, um, I suppose primarily to help support the implementation of our regional space and economic strategy and that, that, that high ambition of the, the greenest region in Europe, the most creative and innovative region in Europe, and the most livable region in Europe. So th there are a number of different areas that we've, I suppose, we've sought to partner up with other regions to help us to deliver on those. So look, I mentioned Empower, um, Matchup was another project um, where we looked at, um, I suppose, smart and sustainable mobility transport options, which was very successful. Um, our Blue Green City project, which was looking at nature-based solutions to to um, to to address challenges around um, uh, um, issues in our cities and, and, and towns. And we developed a, a, a Blue Green City framework out of that. We developed a, a 10-minute town framework from our, our matchup project, but then also, I suppose, our, our cohesion project, um, which has been, uh, I suppose, very instrumental in driving our, I suppose, our smart agenda. It supported the work that we, we did with you guys around the, the smart specialization, but it also helped us develop a, a framework for what a smart region might look like. So I think that, that was, that was, that was really, really interesting. Um, I, I, I think... I suppose the lessons from working with with, with other partners and um, uh, across Europe and getting involved in these projects is, I think, first of all, you have to come with, with an open mind and be willing to to um, I suppose to share what you're doing, but also to take on board what 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 other partners are doing. I think for me, one of the interesting things is sometimes it's the, maybe the little small little nuggets that you pick up from an approach. When you look at the bigger picture of what they're doing, you say, oh, well, look, we've kind of been doing that for a number of years or that wouldn't work in, in our region. But then when you start delving underneath the hood of what they're doing, there are some tiny little pieces that say, oh, yeah, you know, that, just that little element could really work for us. I think that's 
one of the things that we picked up, particularly in the context of, of the cohesion project around around developing our, our, our framework for, for, for the, the smart region. So yeah, I think um I think the um the experiences are always fruitful. Um you know, and th there's always something to be gained um, through in, in involvement in, 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 in the projects. Is there something to be lost? I don't know if that's a, if that's an odd follow up question, but I, I guess uh, you know you talked a lot about the benefits. But is is there what are the risks? I guess <laughs> I'm not sure to use the word lost. Um, yeah, look, I think look, there are always risks. Um, you know, mm -hmm. there are risks when you're when you're entering projects with with new organisations, new partners around Europe. Um, that look you. you you may not just, it may not just work well. You may not get on. There could be cultural differences. Um, you may find that um, administratively, it's eating up a lot of time, a lot of resources, um, and the direction the project travels may not have been what you had envisaged from 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 the get go. Um, you know, so, so sometimes that that can be a challenge. Um, but I, I think overall, um, I think by sticking with it, I think there's always a benefit. And e even if projects don't deliver what you expect them to deliver, in my mind, there's a learning in that in itself. Um, yeah. And I think the one thing that's very difficult to measure is what I like to call the collaboration capital that you gain from working with different organizations that may not necessarily work particular project you're involved in now but there could be something there that could happen in a year two years time to say oh yeah i worked with that particular agency in, in 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 spain they were specialist in how to monitor um energy efficiency we're now moving into that area let's just give them a call and see are, are they still working in that space so uh, i think you know i i definitely think there, there there's always something to be gained and and you mentioned you know collaboration with other organizations also in abroad uh, but i'm always interested you know in knowing how um public entities work with private ones um because every every time i ask this question in, in our episodes in our podcast i get a different i get a different answer sometimes it's a frustration sometimes it's a very um healthy relationship between say the city of of prague with local food organizations or agriculture and everything and transport so i'm wondering what's your experience and for example when it comes you know to to mobility or transport or buildings you mentioned buildings a few times um do you see a sort of fruitful cooperation or is it also frustrating for you sometimes where the business doesn't see uh the benefits that it can gain from the the, the, the green transition in, in particular yeah, it's an interesting question. I suppose from the perspective where we work and where we sit within the overall the overall structure, most of our work tends to be with other public authorities. So we're dealing at the at the policy level. So we're we're, we're we deal directly with with other um, public bodies who are directly involved in implementation. Um, 
and then it's through them that the, the engagement happens, if you like, with, with, with the private sector entities. But I suppose when we're developing policy, we're also always and also very conscious of what the impact of what we're doing will have private sector level. Yes, some of the work we do involves implementation directly with, with private sector, but for us that tends to happen more through um, maybe kind of contract or procurement processes or that type of approach rather than directly engaging with the private sector on a day-to-day -day -day basis. But but I, 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 I do think we have to be very conscious of what we do and how we do it, in the context of th that wider that wider piece, um, I would say particularly around that whole, as you mentioned, that, that whole transition to the low carbon economy, um, that whole digital digitalization, um, you know, and that that whole smart agenda. I would say, um, you know, because that that's obviously critically important um, in terms of how we how we how we do things better, how we do things more efficiently, how we do things better. And to deliver on that, you need the private sector moving with you because we in the public sector, yeah, we, we can develop the policies, but we can't implement it. So I think we, we need to be we need to be conscious of that as, 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 we, as we move forward. And what would be the, the main obstacle, specifically in the southern region for you? Um, because I know every time there's a different issue, uh, Paris had different issue. Uh, Waterloo, Waterloo had a very different issue. What's specific to the southern region where you think, okay, this is our biggest obstacle in moving forward in our in our transition or in anything else? Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting question. Um, look, there's probably a whole range of big issues that that are that are impacting impacting the southern region, and no different to any other region. I think one of the things that um, we're trying to address is the fact that we are quite a new region. Um, you know, effectively, we've you know we've only been around since 2014. It's a reconfiguration. Um, how do people associate with our region? How do people recognise our region? Um, how do even all of the local authorities within a region think about the region? Um, I think historically, um, our cities, our local authorities um, tend to kind of compete with each other, which is good, which is healthy, the need to do that. But in terms of that wider critical mass piece, there are times when collaboration makes sense. Um, so how do we bring them all together to, um, I suppose, to work together and think around that in a cohesive manner that makes sense for the southern region. So I suppose because we're, we're, we're a new region, building up that, that uh, idea around collaboration, that identity, is, I suppose, one of the big obstacles we're trying to, trying to address over the last number of years. And there's, there's probably, there's a couple of things, well, a number of things we're doing, but there's probably two things in particular that, that I... That are kind of jumping out. One is trying to develop this concept around what a smart region is, and that's that's something that has fallen out of the, the cohesion project that we spoke about a while ago. Um, and we see this as an opportunity to, I suppose, brand the southern region as a smart region, and to bring all of these key players along on 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 that journey. I would say there probably are a lot of 
smart initiatives taking place at local level across the region. Um, all happen probably individually, all very good in their own right. Um, but it's that sense of coordination across the piece that probably isn't 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 really happening um, uh, altogether. So part of this initiative that we're trying to trying to roll out on is is I suppose it's really start the conversation, get people talking about it, and get people working together and sharing what they're doing in a kind of a, a in a cohesive kind of manner. I suppose I don't think you can expect. Um, everybody to try and do the same thing. Because I think even though we are a region, there are sub-regions with sub-regional uh, differences and everybody needs to focus on what their priorities are. But I think that the, the whole sense of, of coming together and collaborating around it and the sharing of their experiences um, in a cohesive manner that we can say that this you know, we are operating towards a, a smart region, building on our, our smart cities and so on. Um, is is I, I think it'll be it'll be transformative in 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 a sense, or catalytic catalytic in a sense, in in terms of bringing all of that together. Yeah, and and regions really have that um, have that task, right, of bringing bringing all the local authorities together. And and we saw that also when we we did a training with your assembly, and you had a very wide participation. Um, maybe do you have any words for other regions that are you know struggling with activating the different authorities, bringing them to all together effectively under the kind of regional branch? Um, do you do you have any words of advice on on how to do that effectively? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or learning. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think um, I think ours was was quite effective. I think it was effective from the point of view mm -hmm. of I think primarily because the topic was quite interesting. The topic was quite engaging. The topic was relevant for everybody. Um, like obviously, smart cuts across everything we do. Um, you know, from mobility to smart mobility, from economy to smart economy, from low transition to smart, smart low carbon transition to smart low carbon transition. So, so that that whole idea around trying to um, make how we deliver our, our services more effective, smarter, better for our our, our citizens. I think that probably. Um, resonated with, with, with all of our local authorities. So I think from that perspective, um, I think that was a really useful catalyst to bring bring our local authorities together in the first instance. But also, I suppose, demonstrating to them how that whole collaboration piece, that whole working together, um, in a region as, I suppose, heterogeneous, if you like, as a southern region, but can actually... Um, bring about uh, potential and opportunities by working together as well in terms of, of, of sharing experiences, but also the, the critical mass of mm. of the, 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 the local authorities working together in, um, in trying to address similar challenges and similar opportunities. Um, so I, I think there, there is, is the, that kind of icebreaker that's needed, if you like, to get people working together. I think when they, when they begin to see that, look, yeah, look, yeah, we do have to compete in terms of resources. We have to compete in terms of finances. However, 
opportunities do exist where it does make sense for us to, to, to work together and, and, and deliver on, I suppose, the bigger picture uh, at, at scale. Yeah, and I think that's really great about the work that regions do is providing that bigger picture. So, um, yeah, good good work done on that. Uh, maybe, Alessandra, do you have any more questions to close us out of the main? Uh, and then I have some uh, of our fun segment to get into too, to uh, switch things up. So, Yeah, I was just curious to know if maybe uh, David wanted to mention something that we didn't touch upon uh, that he think might be relevant. Um, I was particularly, obviously, interested in the in, in how you because you you have uh, these uh, cities in the in the region. How do they collaborate with each other um, in terms of you know in the mobility, in terms of um, everything that's related to transport, not only of people but also of uh, products, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is there do you have a, a specific example maybe of collaboration between the cities? Because as you just mentioned, there is this cooperation at the regional level that was facilitated by by the assembly yeah as i said that that's something that we're really trying to 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 work on is to bring our cities closer together in terms of um in terms of collaborating um, and look we think this this smart city smart region um piece is a really strong opportunity for them for them to do that um on a more probably structured um cohesive way um as I said, there is always that 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 um, that good instinct amongst the cities to to, to be in, in competition with each other, um, but having them work together on, on on particular aspects like this, I think, is is critically important. So, so that smart region piece, I think, is 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 going to be crucial for us, but also for them in terms of 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 how. Um, suppose how we mobilize that how we um really get the conversation started um around the opportunities of 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 collaborating and working together so what's the best city now you have to tell us (laughs) (laughs) they're all brilliant i'll take that good answer yeah (laughs) you can't pick favorites But the biggest, the biggest city is Cork, right? Cork is the biggest city in our region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you see the the smaller, you know, towns kind of um, uh, working in different ways as Cork does, or or do you see them uh, really on the same level? I know, ab- absolutely. Of course, they, 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 they work differently, but they all have a very important role to play mm-hmm. in in terms of the 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 opportunity and the potential that they have. Um, like you know, as you said, obviously Cork is 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 the biggest city. It has a particular dynamic, but it also has particular challenges. Whereas some of the other, I suppose, smaller towns and even rural villages play a completely different role in their in their areas. But there are also opportunities for them to 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 work together to find their niche and and um, I suppose play an important role. One of the I suppose the key aspects of our our regional spatial and economic strategy is around looking at that and how our urban centres, three cities, but also our network of, of towns and villages play an important part in the evolution and, and the development of a region. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Do you have anything else that we, we didn't touch on yet that you really want our listeners to know about SRA or about um, any of the work that you're doing or any specific uh, any specific points? I know we, we've touched on quite a lot of it. Maybe just maybe just to hi- 
reiterate the whole piece around the the, the smart region. Um, we've done quite a lot of work on it um, over, over the last last 12, 18 months. Um, we were lucky that we were able to secure some funding through the Cohesion Project to not only do the work with you guys in, in Babel around the smart specialization, but also to uh, procure Minute University and the International Centre for Local and Regional Development to, to develop, a, I suppose, a framework for what a smart region might look like. And we think this might be maybe first of its kind it's building on uh, our, our smart smart cities but to, to roll that out to our network of towns and villages and and across across the region so it's really um i suppose elaborating on one of our regional policy objectives within the, the regional spatial economic strategy um we're doing a, a launch of our, our smart region um next wednesday is wednesday the 18th of 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 January, so we're doing we're doing a launch of, of the smart region, uh, an online launch with our our, our key stakeholders, um, and we're going to be launching the I suppose the three reports that Minute University did. So they they developed three reports through three work packages: one around I suppose consultation on what a smart region looks like, one looking at best practice across Europe, and then the third one then about developing what the maturity framework looks like, and then setting out an, a number of of key steps. So they're all going to be launched uh, next next. Thursday. So look, um, I suppose really what we're trying to do with that launch is really to try and identify what are the key next steps to, I suppose, mobilise this, to build on the momentum and the energy that has been built up. So really about see can we get stakeholders together to to look at maybe what a, a, a co-creative vision for a smart region, for what a smart region in the southern region might look like bringing together all of the key stakeholders that need to be there to do the, 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 the mapping exercise. Um, and then maybe looking at what a, kind of a, uh, what are the key priority or thematic areas that it might focus on in the first instance that might make sense for the region. I know I said earlier that um, because of the, I suppose, the sub-regional differences, the, the, will obviously be uh, slight nuances in that across the region. But I think having a number of high-level teams might might make sense and then also maybe to look at what a, I suppose a governance structure might look like and that doesn't necessarily mean a, a kind of a hard governance structure but just how do you keep the conversation going how do you keep people engaged so I think that that's going to be a, a an, an important but interesting uh, piece um, next week so uh, cool stuff and and I think our release of our podcast should be aligned with that oh well gosh. also so you'll have to watch out for the results of that um now uh it's time for one of our classic babble segments and it's a segment called flip the script um so you're the one asking the questions and I'll be the one answering them but today of course you have two hosts that you can ask questions to um so uh do you have any questions for Alessandro and I Okay, very interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this at all, or, um, or prepared. But yeah, um, maybe just based on what we've just been speaking about, are there any particular hints or tips that you could give from, I suppose, other regions that you've seen um, across Europe, particularly around um, that smart region piece? What we can do to, um, I suppose, maybe push that a, a, a agenda forward. 
You want me to answer first, Alessandro? You have something. Right. Okay, you're going to piggyback off me then. Yeah, yeah. I, I see how this goes. <laughs> Good. Um, based off of what you were saying, I, I think it's really interesting, of course, for all regions. Um, I think in particular, the, the specialization is, is, of course, the topic that we've, we've worked with you on. Um, and I, I think one of the main kind of tips uh, is is this openness to um, engaging the local authorities on a very specific thematic topic that is and showing them the relevance and the importance of everything, um, how it directly relates to their goals within the city to really get this overall collaboration going. Um, and and I think you touched on that perfectly with the with the smart specialization and how the the topics really finding the topic that that fits um, the goals and and working together on it. Um, I think it's an interesting topic as well. What you touched on with the competitive aspects um, because we do see that within like you know fighting for EU funding within cities. And I actually asked um, other podcast guests about this as well of how they see this competitive landscape versus the collaborative landscape. And I mean the overall tone is that this collaboration is. Like competition can create some good, um, some good things. Obviously, people vying to be the best, but overall, the collaboration in the EU landscape is is important. So, um, I'm not sure if that answered your question or not, David. I'm I'm used, to, you know, I'm used to be, be the one asking the question, so it's it's a tough exercise. But I'll see if Alessandro has something better. <laughs> Let's see. Um, no, I was I was thinking of, uh, of of some of the of the work we do with uh, with our partners. Um, and two two example came to mind in terms of, of good practices. Um, we've ran last year and we run it again in April with the Ile-de-France region, so the Paris region in France. Um, so obviously our focus is around solutions, so clean technologies. Um, so there are two examples. This one with the Paris region is basically we do a kind of a speed dating um, between local entrepreneurs who have these clean solutions labeled by the foundation um, and local public entities, um, so the cities, the region itself, obviously, but also other entrepreneurs. And what we do is we organize speed datings between um, both groups, um, so 15-minute meetings, where, for example, a mayor gets to meet um, a technology specialized in, let's say, wind turbines for urban environments. Um, and what we realize is that it's a lot of um, elected officials don't know about uh, some of the technologies that are present in their own territory, uh, simply because obviously they have other priorities, they can't know all the technologies that are out there. Um, so we found that it was very interesting to basically have them talk, like they meet, they discuss, and a lot of the time it ends up in implementation. So a city is interested in one of the solutions, they come together. Uh, and that's basically what we do at the foundation. So that was one thing is get to, you know, get to know your region, all the entrepreneurs that are there that have all this from really like tiny startups, but sometimes it's really big international groups. Um, so that was one example. The second one is what we did with Luxembourg. So not a region, even if in size wise, and I don't want to insult any <laughs> listener from uh, from Luxembourg, but it's quite tiny. Um, what we did there was a bit different. We didn't go and look at Luxembourgish solutions, but we basically brought um, solutions from around Europe. And what we did is we organized with the Chamber of Commerce of Luxembourg um, kind of a elevator pitch. So we had, I think, 
20 or so solutions and they had uh, two minutes to present the solutions to more than 200 business people from the local area. And it was incredibly interesting, also led to a lot of uh, good exchanges and meetings and, and future collaborations. So that were those were two examples that came to mind when, in terms of what you can do to kind of discover more solutions that can obviously help uh, overcome all the obstacles and challenges that, that uh, the southern region might have. Very good. Great examples. Yeah. Did we, did, was that a, how was the interview um, or spot for you, David? Was that, was that nice? It was, it was, yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. We'd like more time to delve deeper into that, particularly the speed, speed dating piece. I think that, that uh, it's a very interesting approach. Um, yeah, wonderful. And yeah, we have solutions from Ireland. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some. Yeah, it might be interesting to touch on this after after the podcast as well. Yeah. Um, I, I have a question for you, David, now. You're back. Sorry, you're back as the interviewee now. Um, sorry for that. But um, it's a question that we ask every single guest. And um, that, and I'm also very interested to hear your response here coming from the smart region perspective. Um, but the question is to you, what is a smart city? Hmm. Yeah, interesting question. I think a smart city is one that works well for its citizens, that improves the quality of life for its citizens, so that our the yeah. services and um, our decisions are taken effectively, clearly, services are delivered well, quality of life is good. So if it works well for the citizens, to me, that makes it a smart city, because everything should be about improving the life of the citizens. Is it same for smart region? I think so. I, I, I think so. I think the very same principles apply. Um, if you're not doing it with the... And, and sometimes the, the word citizen kind of implies something different. I think it should be more the people living there. If it doesn't mm. work for the people who are living there and involve them to make things better, well then, why are we doing it? Very good. I, I think that's a lovely note to end on. What do you think, Alessandra? perfect positive <laughs> optimistic <laughs> yes i i like leaving it on that note um thank you so much david for for taking the time today it, it's really been a pleasure to to learn more about your your way of thinking and and how you how you plan to bring the region forward so thank you no i enjoyed that really good thank you Thank you for listening. Um, and yeah, we hope to see you all next time. Thanks for, uh, to our listeners for in getting to experience this new format with us with the, with the double host that you had today. Um, and I also want to invite everyone, uh, to take a look at the solutions for cities guide, uh, by Solar Impulse Foundation. Um, and uh, Baba was a partner there, and that's really how we started our work together. So uh, please take a look. We'll link it in the show notes and everything. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. So yes, that was our conversation with Babo and the Southern Regional Assembly of Ireland. Uh, thank you for listening. Just a little reminder on the nature of the collaboration with Babel Smart Cities. Um, they contributed to the Solar Impulse Foundation Solution Guide for Cities that we published uh, last November uh, during COP. Um, for more information about the guide, you can go on solarimpulse.com and you'll also find the contribution by uh, Babel there. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out on social media and we will be very happy to answer 
any queries that you might have. Um, so don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the podcast. And see you for, soon for the next episode. Bye-bye.